Hello, listeners. For today's recording, we are slapping the explicit tag on, but just for this recording. Next week, it's back to our normal PG-13 selves. But this week, there will be strong language. You have been warned. This week on TSR, we saw First Man. Star Wars Resistance is here. There's a new doctor in town. And Marvel is on our shit list. All that and more on this episode of TSR. Welcome back to TSR episode 198. Hello, Nancy. Hi, Brian. Boy, it was a week and change. Yeah, it, it was. Whew, yeah. Um, this show's going to be something. <laughs> Just in case you missed it in the uh, preface for this episode, we're throwing the explicit tag on for just this show. And really, it will only be the end of the episode? Yeah, for just one section. When we start talking about Marvel, that's when we're going to be using the explicit tag. Yes. So, just keep an eye out. As soon as we hear, we'll start talking about Marvel. Yes. If you're sensitive to adult language, tune out there. Yes. We'll be fine for the rest of the show. Yes. Okay. That said... I've said it twice, you've been warned. We'll warn you again <laughs> right before we start. But we're going to be using stronger language today. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, what have we been up to, Nancy? Uh, well, we saw several things of pop culture entertainment, which is more than what we usually do. Uh, we watched You Might Be the Killer. Which I I enjoyed quite a bit. I enjoyed. I'm not a fan of horror movies. But I'm, not, I'm not a fan of horror movies. I'm a fan of horror send-up. Though. Yes. I'm more a fan of horror that deals more with supernatural things. Um, and this was one of those uh, sort of supernatural possession sort of not not just, oh, some random guy killing people for no reason. Um, for those of you who don't know the story, this was based this movie was based on a Twitter thread between Sam Sykes and Chuck Wendig that went viral last year. And they turned it into a movie, like you do. I mean, I don't know if Chuck Wendig ever thought he'd be played by Allison Hannigan, but here we are. I don't know if Sam Sykes ever thought he'd be played by Fran Kranz, but here we are. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen the Twitter thread yet, don't read it before watching I the actually, movie. So I actually had not read the Twitter oh, thread. Oh, you hadn't? I, I had thought you not. had. No, I had not. So I had no idea what the story was going into it. Um, you obviously did know. Yeah, I, I I had read it. But yeah, I hadn't read it, so I had no idea like what the idea was or that there was there even was a supernatural element to it. So I, I it, it's it's more in the cabin in the woods vein. Yes. Um, I don't think it's as good. No, it, it's not. But it it's. It's kind of a weird mix between like uh, the Scream movies mm, and yeah, Cabin in the Woods, where it's campy like Scream, but has the deconstructive uh, tropes of um, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. So yeah, if that's your jam, absolutely go watch it. I had a good time. It was it was great. Uh, 
It was great TV viewing. Mm-hmm. And we also went and saw First Man. Yes. I um, loved it. What was your opinion? I really, really, I really, really loved it. It was such a great made movie, but I n- do not want to see it again for a long time. So I was talking to my mom about it earlier um, on my walk. I usually call my mom and uh, I was telling her all about the movie and all the different scenes and how well they were made and how anxious we both were. And as I'm telling her about the movie, I'm thinking to myself, Oh no, I want to see it again. <laughs> oh, I, we might have to wait a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, it is such a great developed written movie, but holy jeebus, it is anxiety inducing. It is very anxiety inducing. Like, I know those missions very well. I've studied them. I've read books about those missions, the Gemini 8 and Apollo 11 specifically. And I have listened to the recordings with the moon landings. I don't know how many times just from various shows at Kennedy Space Center and various documentaries and to the a point where I have the quote-unquote dialogue memorized. Um, and yet I was still holding my breath through the entire moon landing scene. It was, it was brilliantly done. Um, it is not a movie about the space program. It's not a movie about Apollo 11. It is a movie about Neil Armstrong during his time at NASA. Um, and don't expect anything else. It is very much about him. Um, so it's not going to be a comprehensive space race story. Yeah, it is... This is like the opposite of Apollo 13 as far as movie construction goes. Right. Uh, you know, even though that movie focused on Jim Lovell, it was still very much a let's show it's the story of the mission. This is the story of Neil Armstrong himself. And I mean, I it was definitely different, um, but I thought it was great, I think. Ryan Gosling should just get the Oscar right now. <laughs> well, you also have to remember, he's up against Tom Hanks being Mr. Rogers this year. No, I'm sorry that this one... Uh, yeah. Do you really think the Academy Brian, is, going, is not going to give Tom Hanks an Oscar Brian, for playing Mr. Rogers? you were sitting next to me while I was sobbing my eyes out in this movie. I know it was a great performance, <laughs> but Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers. I don't Rogers. care. <laughs> um, so... Um, I'd like to give... I haven't seen this anywhere. Um, I want to give a content warning for this movie for anyone who's experienced uh, the loss of a child. Uh, and I have I have a friend who um, had... Her daughter was stillborn, and I intend to text her and be like, hey, I don't know if you're going to go see First Man. Just FYI. Uh, because... I, I think people have talked about that it deals with the death of his daughter somewhat, but um, it it deals with it a lot. And so if that's a subject for you that is, you know, hard for you to watch, just be aware. Uh, I, I cried a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very emotionally powerful movie. It was, but um, I just, just highly, know that going in. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And and just from just the whole like, oh, sh- crap, space is trying to kill you <laughs> also all the time. For me, soundtrack of the year. Um, It's a very good soundtrack. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say soundtrack of the year because Black Panther came out this year. 
Oh, that's right. That was this year. That was this year. <laughs> yeah, Black Panther. This is probably number two. It's just a it's it's really good atmospheric music. If you have Spotify, check it out. It's good for writing. Yeah, the uh what what was it? Uh, the land the landing track. Well yeah, there's several. There's the Agena docking sequence, there's the Apollo eleven launch sequence, and the landing. It's all it's great. Yeah. So what was your favorite scene? I mean, it about killed me by spiking my anxiety up so much, despite the fact I knew everything was okay in the end. Uh, but the uh, Agena, Agena's oh, docking God, just yeah. killed me. I, I think you and I both were just like clutching our faces well, during we've, that whole... We've, we've seen other movies and shows show or... Yeah. Dra- dramatize this. it. Yeah. And... Like, From the Earth to the Moon did it, and that was tense, but this was like, turn it up to 11. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shaky cam in this movie. There, There is, yeah. But it didn't, I mean, it bothered me, but it bothered me in the way it was supposed to bother me. Like, when they sh- when they film, like, action sequences with shaky cam, I, I find it very hard to follow what's going on. This was using it because they wanted to get you in the first person pov of what the hell it's like so in that capsule if you've seen the first hunger games movie yeah where yeah they used it for the action sequence it was like the opening sequence of uh the hunger games uh-huh. where it's shaky cam following katniss through a day in the life uh-huh. that's kind of what they're going for here yeah i think i think it works better here though because it's because the um like they're inside the capsule which is a very small area. So the fact that it's shaky, it's like you can't follow what's going on, but that doesn't take away your understanding of what's happening because there's only one place you could be. <laughs> but it's just like, oh yeah, this thing's going to fall apart in any minute and you're going on the top of a rocket into space. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Yep, have fun. I think my favorite scene was... Uh, I don't know. It's a toss-up between the landing, just because it was so brilliantly filmed, and then um, the first EVA on the moon when they do that. Just uh, both of those sequences, and they just know. they run into each other, so it's yeah. kind of hard to distinguish. Them. I don't know how they how they made you feel like you were on the moon. Incredible sound design. It's that quote. Um, magnificent desolation is like uh, exactly yeah. what that made me feel like like yeah. i think you and i both kind of went well when <gasps> the intake uh, of breath. yeah there's there's a scene in which uh they open the lem hatch yeah. and the camera goes from inside the lem past uh neil and buzz and out into the lunar surface and just stops and all the sound cuts Drops. out yes and it just lingers there for five ten seconds and it's what it is one of the most stunning, uh, stunning audiovisual things I've ever seen a film do. All the sound in the movie was great. Like I think it's a shoe in for all of like the sound. Oh, it's going to win a ton of technical awards of, at the Oscars. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we highly recommend it. It's a very different kind of space movie. I saw someone com- say, um, that this did for space movies what Saving Private Ryan did for war movies. And I was like, yeah, that's a good comparison mm-hmm. as far as, you know, enjoyment. <laughs> like, I this was a good movie and I enjoyed it, but it was also very stressful. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, my mom asked me, what did I like more, this or Hidden Figures? And I'm like, well, Hidden Figures was definitely more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I can watch that this over is, and over. This is not what I'd describe as a feel-good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but overall, absolutely recommend it. Yes. Um, Nancy, I... I want to propose an audible for you. Okay. Would you like to just briefly talk about resistance and our quick overview thoughts? And maybe next week we get a guest on to do a recap and roundtable discussion of the first three episodes in more detail. Sure. But can I take my, the quiz? Yes, we can take the quiz. <laughs> okay. It's part of the reason I'm proposing this, so we can take the, have time for the quiz. Okay. Okay. So resistance. Yes. Uh, debuted. Yes. So far... Two of the episodes have aired on TV, uh, technically three if you consider the first episode parts one and two. Um, I like it a lot. The, it's honestly kind of what I was hoping Rebels was going to be. Yeah, I mean, so far it's very much a quote-unquote kid show. Um, there's a lot of levity, there's a lot of jokes, but um, so far, the two episodes have had a promise of something more sinister going on in the background. Um, so I'm very interested to see how it ties to the whole series, the whole sequel trilogy time frame. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character so far? Uh, oh, I think Tora. Really? So okay. far. Just because Tora is this very incongruous mix of bubbly and bright and also bloodthirsty as hell yeah and i it's it's just this clash that i love yeah um jaeger is my favorite i'm so surprised (laughs) um so yeah there's a quiz on starwars.com which star wars resistance character are you and i'm gonna take it and again we're going to do a much more in-depth discussion on Resistance next week when mm-hmm. everyone's going to catch up to the three episodes that are currently on the app. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a guest or two on, and we will go into so much more detail then when we've got three whole episodes we can just sink our claws into. Yes. All right. Um, what Star Wars Resistance character are you? Have you taken this quiz already? I have. And you got? I got Tora. Okay. Who was described as having a flair for style, which is that that's the first time that's ever been said it's about me. True. It's not true. All right. How would my friends describe me? Eternally optimistic, frustratingly literal, the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy, a determined and hard worker. You are definitely a determined and hard worker. I am? Yeah. What what do you think? None of those. Aw. All right. Well, I'll pick that one. How do do I handle secrets? I need to tell someone else immediately. I'm trusted with many secrets. I have plenty of my own. I'm an open book. You need to tell someone immediately. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Pick a droid to take on a road trip. BB-8, C-3PO, R2-D2, or Chopper. What do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say BB-8. No, I have to go with R2-D2. Like his, like his dad, Aww. Luke Skywalker. What do you determine as your best quality? Loyalty, trustworthiness, diligence, or discretion? Those are weird. Uh, I don't know. I think you're, I think you're pretty trustworthy. Okay, that's good to know. All right. What's my favorite color? Teal, orange, purple, or green? Teal, orange, purple, or green? Yeah. I think out of those, green. 
Uh, pick a favorite subject. Physics, business, linguistics, history. 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 Pick a ship to fly. Blue ace, green ace, the fireball, none of these. I'm going to pick none of these because I want to fly an X-Wing. <laughs> a friend needs something you have but can't pay you what it's worth. What do you do? Barter for some lunch, maybe something nice and juicy. Give it away for free. Hand it over. You have plenty of money, but friends are hard to come by. Hope they learn the value of hard work. I'd probably either barter or give it away for free. I'd say barter. Uh, what's your dream job? Commander, mechanic, ace pilot, or security forces? Uh, I don't know. Commander? Commander's good. Uh... What would you do first upon arriving at the Colossus? Head to Ansi's Tavern, find a place to recharge, set up shop, climb into the cockpit of the Fireball. You would set up shop. I would? Yeah, settle in. Oh, yeah, that's true. I like to unpack everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who am I? Aw, I'm Kazuto Ziono. Aw. What you lack in experience, you make up for with confidence and refined skill when you're in your element. But you're up for a challenge and always ready to prove yourself. Aw. Okay, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kaz. Yeah. Whoops. I need to mute my Slack notifications because <laughs> it's blowing up right now. Mute, mute for an hour. There we go. Is that Sorry, your everybody. Work Slack? No, that's the Patreon Slack. Remember, uh, Tashi, <laughs> uh, patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Get in at the $1 level and you can join our Patreon exclusive Slack team where they where uh, our listeners can contribute stuff for us to talk about on the show, submit news items and cool stuff like that. Yes. Or just talk about general bullshit. Yes. Which is a thing we do. Apparently, right now. (laughs) It's all sorts of fun. Yes. All right, time for the news. Yes. Uh, Chris Evans wraps on Avengers 4 and appears to say goodbye to Cap. But we knew that was going to happen. It doesn't make it any more easy to handle. It's going to hurt when Cap dies. Why are you saying that? Why because do you want to hurt me? Because we all know it's going to happen. Uh, but there are things worse than death, Brian. Yeah, the, the, this is true. There are. Uh, yep. So farewell, Cap. Yeah. Sure. And hello, Bucky Cap, probably. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Coogler signs on to write and direct a sequel to Black Panther. Thank goodness. I am very happy about this news. I am also very happy about this news. Uh, we probably won't hear anything about it until after Avengers 4. Yep. For various reasons. <laughs> Most likely. But hey, uh, his work on the first Black Panther was great. I am thrilled he's back. signed on for another one. Yes, I watched part of it yesterday. And uh, in a good movie, yeah. In surprising news, Iron Fist was canceled, and by all accounts, Iron Fist finally got good this season. Yeah, I was really surprised when I saw this. Um, a lot of people are speculating now that they're going to focus on Colleen um, and do another show with her in it. I mean, that's probably a better idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just weird that like they. They kind of all launched the shows sort of like not all at the same time, but they definitely seem to want to do all four of the Netflix shows and then come together for the Defenders. But Mm -hmm. now I'm wondering, like, 
are they all going to get canceled soon or what's going to happen? Are they going to do new shows now that they're transferring over to Disney Play? Yeah, I mean, no telling at this point. Um, See, it's uh, definitely very up in the air. Yeah. Uh, Amazon orders a Wheel of Time series and Nancy's going to (sighs) rant. Okay, I can't rate too much because apparently your brother loves the Wheel of Time. And really wants there to be a show about it. So for your brother's sake, I'm going to say, I hope they make one. But for everyone else's sake, I'm going to say that there are other stories that they can tell that aren't written by white men or epic fantasies. Um, They are, are also science fiction stories written by women called the Vorkosigan Saga that would make a great television show. <laughs> Listen to the Vorkosa cast once a month here on the Tashi Station Network. Twice a month this month because we're talking about a civil campaign, the best book in the series. <laughs> like, seriously, there are so many scenes while I'm reading a civil campaign that I'm just like, why can't I watch this on television? Why? 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 So, yes, it's wonderful. But yeah, Wheel of Time. Yay, if that's your thing. A new She-Ra trailer debuted at New York Comic Con, and oh no, I already love it. I do too, and I really was surprised at how interesting it was. Um, I watched She-Ra as a child. I could not tell you what the plot of She-Ra was now, only that I had her castle that had an elevator in it. It was great. Uh, and I had a Shira doll, I think, that I put nail polish in her hair. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, the, the trailer looks really good. Uh, the showrunner is Noelle Stevenson, and uh, it's got a great art uh, art vibe to it. Uh, it looks to be telling a very uh, cohesive story throughout. Um, yeah, it's like she is... Like, she finds out she's really on the side of the evil horde and, like, she joins the princesses to overthrow them. But, like, her best friend is still on the side of the evil horde. And, and oh, no, I yeah. already shipped them. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. I know. So, yeah, I'm I'm interested in it. And I've heard a lot of stuff about the dragon prince on netflix apparently that needs to be on our watch list yeah apparently so we might have to watch that soon speaking of new stuff to watch doctor who premiered uh with jodie whittaker in the uh, titular role of the doctor yeah and it was really great and holy crap just 30 seconds in it was it was like oh yeah yeah that you're clearly born to play the doctor yeah i watched it Your first Doctor Who episode. It was my first ever episode of Doctor Who, and I liked it. I understood it. Thank you for not making me catch up to however many years of lore, 50-something years of lore. Or at the very least, not making you catch up from 2005. Yes. um, I liked it. I'll probably watch more. Um, I know there was a new episode yesterday. I didn't watch it, but we might have to watch it. Um, it's definitely one that we'll have to catch on DVR because we have a lot of other viewing that happens on Sundays. Yes. Also, I am busy. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes, we really enjoyed it. Yes, I liked it. And I can't wait to see more of it. Hey, yes. uh, shall we start talking about some Star Wars stuff? We should. We've got a lot of it to Boy, talk about. Boy, howdy do we ever. <laughs> we have good stuff to talk about first. Yeah, we'll 
talk about the good stuff first. <laughs> Whew. Okay. <laughs> the Mandalorian starts production and announces five directors. So when John Favreau put out that Instagram post that announcing it was the Mandalorian and what it was about, our reaction was very meh. <laughs> um, we were both like, oh, okay, sure. That sounds great. Um, then the next day, uh, StarWars.com put out an official post um, announcing the series as well as five of the episodic directors. And we decided after seeing that list that we were all in. <laughs> and that list contains the names. Well, so here's the whole thing. Uh, production of the first Star Wars live action streaming series has begun. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. The series will be written in executive... So, first of all, the the concept sounds interesting enough. The one thing it does to get my interest is set it after Return of the Jedi. That's always gonna make me very mm -hmm, interested. Mm -hmm. I am not as interested in Mandalorians, so they're gonna have to win me over there. Um, if they do it like Rebels, I will be interested. If they do it like Clone Wars... Not so much. <laughs> um, and it goes on to say, the series will be written and executive produced by Emmy-nominated producer and actor John Favreau, as previously announced, which I like Favreau and trust him. So, but when they announced him, fandom was very much, oh, another white guy. <laughs> and they said... We're going to make sure the production is diverse. And we all said, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, buddy. Uh -huh. um, well, they go on to say, uh, with Dave Filoni directing the first episode, okay, that's cool. Give Dave live action and keep him in TV. I think that's smart. Um, additional episodic directors include Deborah Chow. Okay. Okay. Uh, who directed Jeff Jessica Jones, Rick Famuyiwa, who directed Dope. Okay, okay, okay. We're, hey, this is great so uh, far. Bryce Dallas Howard, who, uh, a little nepotism, but, you know, yay another woman. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and now, hold on to your butts. Finally, Taika Waititi, and they have to specify that he directed Thor Ragnarok. And I saw a tweet go out that said him, and I went, oh my god, Brian! And they were like, what? What's wrong? And I was like, Taika Waititi's directing The Mandalorian. And we both decided that we were definitely all in on this show now. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, hey, hey, uh, if he's interested in doing the TV, then maybe he's changed his mind and is interested in maybe a movie, maybe, maybe. Right? Well, I mean, it's hilarious because after Thor, after we saw Ragnarok and when they were doing, when that whole Boba Fett rumor, movie rumor was going on, both you and I were like, the only way a Boba Fett movie would work for us would be to have him direct it. So like, okay, it's not necessarily Boba Fett. 
of course, I have a I have a suspicion this show is gonna uh, confirm that he's still alive. Uh, of course. Um, but um, you know, him doing something with Mandalorians is inter- very interesting, and I I am very curious as to what the actual plot of the show is going to be, and. I've heard it's only eight episodes, which I'm very pleased about because I think short, um, limited series is a good way I've to start. I've been hoping for a while that Star Wars would use the streaming platform to take advantage of the miniseries format. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's still eight hours of content. That's still like. But you can do some really interesting content in a tightly contained eight episodes. Yeah, like eight hours of content is more than all of the trilogies put together like it's the you know the original trilogy is like i would say they're all less than two and a half hours so that comes out to like seven and a half hours total so that's still less than this Mm -hmm, (laughs) so you mm -hmm. can do a lot with it yeah absolutely um so it will be executive produced by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and Colin Wilson. Karen Gilchrist will also serve as a co-executive producer. So I would like to say thank you to Lucasfilm for actually putting your money where your mouth is and having directors who are diverse. Um, hopefully you will, you will uh, keep that with your casting as well, and the rest of the production of the series. And other series in the future. <laughs> Please do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and going along with this, John Favreau has been posting photos on his Instagram. One of them is of a weapon that is similar to what Boba Fett uses in the holiday special cartoon. Uh, and the other one is of an ice cream maker. So draw whatever conclusions you will of those. I don't think they're saying Boba Fett is definitely in this, but it's it cool that they're drawing inspiration from the holiday special. Well, I mean, the holiday special is the best usage of Boba Fett ever, so. Yes, it is. He got a little weird listeners, you think dinosaur I'm, thing. Listeners, you think I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, Diana asked what, in our Patreon, you can ask us questions and we'll answer them on the show. So thank you, Diana, for asking a question. Dream casting. Now, we already had it confirmed that Taika Waititi is playing a character. I don't think it's been confirmed. I think it's been speculated. Well, in that case, him playing a droid. I can see it, yeah. Or no, a creature, a rock creature named Cork. Oh my god. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of what a Korg analog would be for Star Wars. A Lassat? Yeah, that would be good. Can you imagine a Lassat with Korg voice? (laughs) Hey, hey, man. (laughs) We're to go on the spaceship. Want to (laughs) come? Um... I don't know. I I know so little about this and who's going to be in it that I yeah. have a hard time speculating who I'd like to be cast in it. I definitely want to see um, Katie Sackhoff in a guest starring role. Um, she has said that she would do it. And it seems if you're doing something about Mandalorians, having the Mandalore on the show 
I would mean, be a good she, idea. She's she'd be roughly the right age to play Bo Katan at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, if you've seen like her, what she looks like, she all she needs to do is get a wig for her hair. Um, it's not like you know, she's she's. I, I and that's really all you need to do. Yeah, change the hair. It would work. Um, I would also like to see. Uh, I don't think they would do it, but Tia Sirkar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either playing Sabine or someone else. No, uh, I don't think she could play Sabine. Yeah, but someone else that would be cool. Yeah, I couldn't visually play Sabine. Could do some voiceover work, but uh, yeah, couldn't actually play her on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Shall um, we, uh... Well, I'll just say I want Idris Elba in all of the Star Wars, so... We're just fan-casting Idris Elba for anything until he's actually in something. And Ming-Na Wen. Yes. Yes, please, yes. <laughs> it's high time to put Ming-Na Wen in Star Wars. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Shall we talk about some New York Comic Con news? We should. It was chock full of literature news. Um, yes. And some other stuff. Uh, some Hasbro news, uh, the Dr. Aphra Black Series figure with the droids is coming. Yes. So and I want one. I, I want to find the three and a seven C.75 figure. Yeah. Those are the ones I collect. Yeah. And I feel like I'm honor bound to buy figures of characters who originate in the books or comics. And, um, during want them more of them yes and during the q a portion of that panel hasbro said they are open to more legends characters and more female imperials ray sloan ray sloan yes that was very violent <laughs> i want ray sloan as well um i want all i want legends characters i would like a ben skywalker action figure that would please. be great can you give me my nice ben please yeah. yes the good ben the good ben the uh, ben with the good hair yeah. no it's i mean yeah <laughs> um also very important a luke on crate uh 3.75 figure Which, i will be yep. getting that nancy will be lining up for that one uh not lining up i'll be ordering on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there was a cover reveal for master and apprentice you which know, is coming out in april and you know what i love it looks like the books that were releasing about the time uh phantom menace, menace came out oh my god it is like 100 percent a 90s paperback that kind of blurry pastel 90s or like look late 90s early 2000s definitely mm -hmm. um it is a very pretty cover i'm looking forward to seeing more of what the plot is and where it actually takes where and when it takes place um and then um there was a book announced that was very very relevant to our interests. Oh my god! Yes! <laughs> Would you like to read the uh, description for Alphabet Squadron, Brian? On the verge of victory in what seemed an endless war, five former rebel pilots transform from hunted to hunters as they strike out against vestiges of the Empire. Set after Return of the Jedi, Alphabet Squadron follows a unique team, each flying a different class of starfighter as they struggle to end their war once and for all. It's like someone reached into my brain and pulled out the book I've been dying for. Can we... Uh, we should mention this is by Alexander Freed. Yes. Can we break apart all the parts 
pick out each of the things in that description that piques our interest. Okay, let's start with five former rebel pilots. Yes, there you go. Uh, striking out against uh, the Imperial Remnant. Yes, A+. plus. Set after Return of the Jedi. Sco- excitement ranks up to 11. An oddball collection of pilots flying different ships. Yes, 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 yes. Yes! <laughs> I actually really like the cover not final that they put out as all of the different uh, starfighters. So they've got a B-wing, a U-wing, an X-wing, a Y-wing, and an A-wing. So Buxia is what people are calling this. <laughs> um, I mean, and then it just led us to speculating who those pilots could be. Uh, Yeah. We we were doing a lot of that. Um, I I doubt they're going to use people that we know, but it was fun to speculate for a while. Uh, along with that, Matt in uh, the Slack channel asks, "I'm curious how much Rogue Squadron material you're hoping for versus legitimately expecting." I'm not expecting much. I'm not either, and I am perfectly okay with that because I am getting 100% pilot content. Yes, we haven't gotten this since Mercy Kill. There is one thing that I am hoping for. Tycho? Okay. No, because I don't think they're actually ever going to do that. Okay. I want Wedge to be in it. (sighs) Please use Wedge. I mean, even if he's not one of these five pilots, I want him to be the person putting them together and sending them on the mission. But if he's in the mission, if he's the X-Wing pilot... Even better yes or if you know he isn't flying anymore like flying the u-wing or like i just i yes i just want i just want to have him there Mm -hmm. um i think it would be really interesting if they do bring in some other pilots that we know about like Bay in the a-wing and nora wexley in the y-wing and um I can't think of who else I because we haven't really had that in the new expand universe. I wonder if Hera's retired seven years after. I would imagine so because she's got a little baby. She got a little baby running around, so <laughs> um, she could fly the B wing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just we haven't had much crossover with book with characters who originated in the books or the comics, and I would really love to see that more of that but i would also be fine with new characters to grow in love yeah um the besides wedge either a mention of wedge or him in the book the one thing i really really want from this book i want one of the pilots to be jaeger from resistance oh my god it would work perfectly i because i i kept saying there wasn't a there isn't a Delry book between the solo novelization that came out in September and April. That's a really long time. I kept expecting them to announce some tie-in to Resistance, which they haven't, and I don't think they will now. Um, but like they're sort of teasing out Jaeger's backstory on the show um, that he was in the rebellion. So like. I would just love a story of him in the rebellion so we can see why he's now like he doesn't want anything to do with mm-hmm. the conflict. That's the only thing I really want from this book. 
Excellent. Yes. So, uh, Diana asks, do you think they'll have a Mr. T XB in Alphabet Squadron? God, I hope so. <laughs> I feel like Wes Jansen would be a good Mr. T XB. <laughs> Does Wes Jansen pity the fool? Um, no, Wes Jansen is the fool. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yes. Um, our next bit of news. <laughs> oh, God. oh God. Brian's covering his face. You start. Um, so at the literature panel, they announced that Charles Soule is ending his Vader run with issue twenty-five. Um, he ended his, the, the other Vader comic, I believe also ended after 25 issues. That was the cured Gillen run. Um, uh, and they, they, you know, I think Charles Sewell is going to write additional comics, but they haven't said what they were, but they said, we're going to be doing another Vader comic, a mini series called Shadow of Vader, um, each issue would focus on a specific character and how Vader impacted them over the various years. Um, and the author for that series was Chuck Wendig, which we were happy about because we like Chuck. And even though I'm not a huge fan of the comics, I am glad of him working in Star Wars and the uh, at the issues sounded interesting there was going to be one about the acolytes of the beyond and then another one about like a republic pilot who has to deal with the fact that leia was vader's kid um and uh so yeah he was going to be writing the five issue series um apparently he's written three of the five already uh but he will not be writing the next two <laughs> because on Friday, Chuck Wendig tweeted out a thread that um, Marvel had fired him. Uh, and yeah, we should probably find the actual uh, thread that he posted and his various blog. Po He's posted two blogs now about this on terrible minds. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, he basically said he was fired not because of what he tweeted. Or at least this is what Marvel claims. Yeah, but how he tweeted it, but also that it brought on negativity. Um, which is a very odd way of putting it because, like, it's not necessarily even saying that he's too negative, but that uh, the people who are attracted to his Twitter are negative okay so let's be perfectly clear here and hey listeners remember when we said we were putting the explicit tag on here's where you're going to want to tap out okay well sorry here's what he says um he said the the editor uh for marvel said he was fired because of the negativity and vulgarity that his tweets bring it was too much politics too much vulgarity too much negativity of on my part basically because i was not civil 
Okay, yep. Uh, here's where you want to tap out if you don't like strong adult language. I'm just going to push away from my microphone and let you go. Uh, okay. So, the, cl- uh, the, the editor in question who fired Chuck, by the way, is a gentleman by the name of Mark Panacea, um, who apparently has a problem with the swears. At least that's what he claims. Um, so, oh goodness gracious me, will someone think of the children? The men used vulgarities. I am feeling fate. Someone, I've got the vapors. What the fuck? What the ever-loving fuck? Are you serious? Bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. What this is, is Marvel bending over backwards and caving to an incessant right-wing, alt-right, bullshit, comics-gate hate mob. And Marvel has said that they matter more than any of their other readers. Marvel showed a callous disregard in giving these fuckers exactly what they wanted. Fuck that. Fuck it. Fuck. Just fuck. He, the editor, is not very active on Twitter. However, he does follow Ethan Van Skyver. And if you know anything about Comicsgate, you know who that dude is. Mm-hmm. So EVS being a fucking shitheel, not a problem. Chuck Wendig standing up for minorities and women and LGBT people and using some swears in doing so. Apparently that's a bridge too fucking far. I, Marvel, I dropped six subs on Friday. The only two I have left are Ms. Marvel and Afra because... One's written by a marginalized writer about a marginalized character, and the other's about a marginalized character. I have dropped everything else. And you will not get me back until Mark Panacea is out. It's really disturbing. As long as that editor is there, who this is the editor in charge of special projects, which means this editor is overseeing every goddamn last Star Wars comic. Yes, including Aphra. Yeah, so now I'm insanely worried about Afra because I can't trust this guy with him or with Africa. Afra, yeah. I, I, why should I? Why should I trust? Why should I trust this editor? And why should I trust a comics branch that's headed up by a guy who pretended to be Japanese for years to get gigs, and when called on it, nothing happened? And then he had the fucking audacity. To say he wants to keep the politics out of the Marvel business. Okay. Of course he fucking does, because if there were any consequences, he'd be out of a job for what he did. I forgot about that whole C.B. Sobolski thing. That was, yeah, not, yeah. The, the whole thing that, like, he Chuck has tweeted about this several times so far, and this, this is a very weird intersection of the people that I follow for writing and and publishing and Star Wars people. Um, but like even like people who are not Star Wars fans have been tweeting about this and how fucking awful the situation is. And even people who aren't fans of Chuck personally or his work are saying how upsetting and like frightening this is because 
it's not he got fired because he said something they disagreed with. He got fired because people because people were angry with what he was saying and mainly those people being comics gay mm-hmm. um and also that he needed to be more civil um which fuck civility yes fuck um, civility civility is what people tell you to keep you demure and quiet and keep from pushing back against the rising tide of hate and like chuck wendig is a straight white man um he is as privileged he, as they come and if they're willing to do this to someone like Chuck Wendig, what recourse do marginalized writers have? Right. Chuck Wendig has 134,000 followers on Twitter. He has a so he has a book series of his own. He uh he's got a contract with Delray. He's going to be fine. There are creators out there who are writing so writing most of their work for marvel um they can't they do not have the they can't be fired from their jobs basically or they will lose all of their income um so like if these people who are just existing and gain this sort of awful bullshit comics gate harassment they don't even have to do anything personally except exist and people will complain about them to marvel and marvel will say i'm sorry you're bringing on too much negativity yeah. so not only does mark does the editor mark panacea cb sabalski <laughs> and marvel as a whole not have their creators backs they have demonstrated that they will throw writers to the fucking wolves if Comicsgate comes after them. This minority hate mob. Yeah. And Chuck has said, you know, he, when initially, like, people started, um, <coughs> sorry, water went down the wrong way, um, that, you know, when all of the bad aftermath reviews started coming out and people started posting YouTube videos about him or whatever, like, he was worried at first and saying like did i do something wrong like what what what's going on and you know the people at delray were like oh no you know we we've got your back we're we're fine he has said you know that at editors at delray he hasn't specified who have told him you know they have had no problem with him um and like i mostly follow publishing on like book publishing um book publishing is not without its issues trust me book publishing is extremely white still um they need more diversity in general but however most of the book people i follow on twitter and of course because i i choose to follow them are of the same bent as chuck fuck civility they're not going to mince their words um I feel like it's a lot easier when you're a science fiction writer writing a writing books because you sell your book to a publisher, they publish it, whether they like you or not, uh, you can shop to other publishers. Comics is a completely different game. Um, they have their creatives up a creek without yeah. a paddle and they fucking know it. Yeah, I mean, like, especially if you're writing for, like, Marvel, like... 
Like I, I would like I would imagine someone like Charles Sewell can probably be fine if he no longer worked was working for Marvel. But there's a lot of people who would not be. Um, I'm also very curious um, for people like Solid and Ahmed who are writing comics for Marvel right now. Um, he is also a person who has not like minced words and also came out very strongly in support of chuck this weekend and you know what happens to those people as well when the comics gate people comes for them well we we know the answer right marvel throws them to the wolves yeah and they don't give two flying fucks yeah and like you can't it's not easy to be to say like oh well i don't want to work for a company that doesn't have its creators backs because these people need to make money. Um, you know, someone like Chuck can say that. Um, John Scalzi tweeted something the other day because people were saying like, oh, they're going to fire John Scalzi because of the what he tweets. And he was pointing out, um, no, because A, he doesn't write comics. B, he has uh, very clearly steered away from IP work. So that sort of thing doesn't happen. But John Scalzi is John Scalzi, and he knows that he has immense privilege that he's able to do that. There are other people who gain all of their following from doing tie-in work or IP work, and they're known as people who work for Marvel or DC or any of the other big comics names. So, it like for me, I sit here and I'm just like, well... I want to be a published author one day. Do I need to start deleting all of my tweets? Because right now, publishing doesn't really have that big of a problem. But what happens when they come for publishing, just like they've come for games and comics? They're going to. I mean, they've already started with the whole sad puppies bullshit in science fiction and fantasy publishing. Um, And it's only a matter of time before that graphs on, you know, it becomes puppy gate or something books gate. And we have the same thing happen there. Um, and like if, if Marvel really had issues with Chuck Wendig's Twitter, like they could not have hired him to write a second. He was a known quantity. Yeah. Which is why I don't buy that this wasn't a political retribution. Oh, thing. yeah. It absolutely was. It's an editor who had, was angry that Chuck said that Chuck is a left-leaning writer. And he he had that Twitter thread that went viral where he said fuck civility. Um and it got passed around to the usual usual suspects. And you know, he's he's written for Marvel before. He wrote the Force Awakens adaptation. Um, this was his second time writing for them. Obviously, they were ha- or, and he wrote the Darth Vader an- Darth Vader annual. So obviously, they were satisfied enough of his work to bring him back. Um, you know, and he has said this was not a Lucasfilm call, as far as he was aware. This was Marvel specifically. Um, he might, you know, be able to write Star Wars one day working for Delray, but he doubts it because he's busy writing his other books. Um. So if this, like, you know, makes Chuck Wendig out of Star Wars forever, I'm going to be really pissed off. 
And he was also writing another book, another comic, which we don't know what that was. And I'm really annoyed because and angry because I a I want to know what it was, and b we're not going to get that from him now. Yeah, and let's let's be very clear here. Marvel claiming that it was about the vulgarity, which is fucking hilarious, considering one of their properties is Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, and the negativity was the problem, and that was it. That's crap. Yeah. That's bullshit. It's such bullshit. Because like, if that was really a problem, what – and Chuck pointed this out on his blog. What you do is you let Chuck finish that five-issue run, mm-hmm. and then you just say you're going a different direction mm-hmm. on that as an unannounced book. Uh-huh. Doing it like this, publicly firing him with two issues two issues left to right, yeah. and making us think about it, that's personal. Yeah. That is that, is that editor try, making a statement and trying to lash out at Chuck Wendig, and la- by extension, and- lashing out at minority readers, mm-hmm. LGBT readers, mm-hmm. and women any, readers. And left, any left-leaning readers, really. Um, for they wanting to say, oh, we want to keep politics out of this. Like, this is extremely political. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted to keep politics out of it? You just made the most political fucking decision possible. Like, it's, it, it's just baffling how bad of a business decision this is. Because it makes no business well, sense. And because you know, if you're aware of Chuck Wendig's Twitter feed, you have to have known he would have he was going to tweet about this. He was not just going to let this go quietly and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm off this comic." <laughs> He's got other income streams. This was a side hustle. Yeah. This was nowhere close to his main income stream. So yeah. He was never going to be quiet about this. Yeah. So it's basically saying we support these guys more than you. And and by extension, we support these readers more than those readers. Yep. And but, and but I'm saying these these readers, those guys probably don't even read Marvel comics anymore. They are grifters going in and out from platform to platform. They don't read Star Wars comics, especially because Star Wars is the SJW evil now. Um, so, so what do you care? So, listeners, let's recap. Marvel Comics, the Star Wars line, is being overseen by an editor right now mm-hmm. that bends over backwards for comic skaters and takes the most vehemently awful personal path to removing a writer possible. And this isn't an isolated incident at Marvel. They did the same thing to Chelsea Kane. And I've heard other people, seen tweets from other comics creators saying they are basically banned from Marvel for similar reasons, specifically with this editor. Um, we, this, the, the Marvel comic line used to be overseen by Jordan White. He was promoted off the Star Wars line, so this is where the new editor comes in. So basically, because Jordan was good at his job and got promoted, this other guy came in, and now we're screwed. So let's... <laughs> could you could you, could you imagine them doing Afra with this guy under... Like, not... They're doing Afra now, but I'm saying, like, okaying Afra with this guy leading the comics? I, I honestly cannot 
imagine that Afro would have been greenlit with this guy edit, yeah. editing at that point in time. Yeah. Um, I just, what the flying fuck is going on over there? What are they doing? What are they doing? They're awful. I, so you may have seen on Friday, mm-hmm. I put a statement on the blog. We are no longer covering Marvel Comics on the blog or the podcast network because Marvel has made it abundantly clear that they value the readership of white supremacists more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I will not give our platform to provide coverage to a company that has made that decision abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. We are done covering Marvel Comics. And I want to clarify that in his blogs and tweets, Chuck is not calling for anyone to boycott Marvel. He's saying to make your own decisions. I I would say that we would also say the same thing Mm -hmm. to listeners. If you know you said you're gonna you're gonna keep reading Afra, I'm gonna keep reading your decision. I am down to two comics and Afra and Ms. Marvel. If there are a lot of people who are making good points that they want to keep supporting the creators and just the people who are making comics in general. We completely understand that. We are not m- making a judgment on whatever people choose to do with you've their got money. To do, you've got to do what's right for yes. you. And, you know, this is just our policy for the blog going forward. Um, and, you know, and Chuck is not saying for people to boycott people. You know, people have asked him, well, you you were said it was good that Roseanne got fired. Isn't this the same thing? No, it is not. It's not the same thing. Roseanne because, said, first of all, Roseanne racist things. Yeah, and Roseanne got like a multitude of warnings where Chuck was just dropped out of the blue by a vindictive editor. Yes. If it was really a problem, what he was tweeting, they could have taken him aside and said, hey, we like you. We really want you to keep writing for our comics. We need you to do this. Um, but. There was nothing of that, which leads you to believe that this was just an excuse for an yeah, editor that the, didn't like him to I'm, fire him. I mean, it is plainly obvious, the vulgarity thing. Yeah. Total fucking bullshit excuse. Yeah. This is a very personal and political firing by one by an editor there who yeah. got the sign off from the people above him. And if they if they really have in issue with what their creators are saying on social media, they need to have a clear cut policy that says this is allowed, this is not allowed. Um, you know, whether you're personal, private, social media, whatever, because it's you, you know, just saying, oh, okay, well, we didn't like what you cheat. Well, can you be a little more specific please i mean as a queer person of color i i fucking don't know how marvel can expect me to trust them i mean they they've been doing some real dodgy shit for a while now Mm -hmm. but this was just the icing on the fucking cake and like just a few weeks ago you were saying how you read every issue of Captain Marvel. <laughs> I sprung for a Marvel Unlimited plan so I could do that. And Captain Marvel is coming out with a new comic. Mm-hmm. Just, but. how can I trust you? Yeah. How, how can I possibly trust you? Yeah. When I see you so visibly working to appease white supremacists and lashing out at your own creatives who are being targeted by these white supremacists. 
it, it this is unconscionable just fucking inexcusable i'm I, i'm at a i'm at a loss like marvel i was i've been singing your praises for a long time there were a lot of great things you were doing there mm-hmm. giving g willow wilson the reins to write and run a comic like ms marvel that's great but now in the back of my head i'm worried yeah and didn't they just get they got a writer a i can't remember what character she was writing but it was a black female author and she got a gig writing oh, uh, oh she was goes- it ironheart yeah, Ironheart. Okay, yeah. And the uh, goes by Encycl- Wikipedia Brown on Twitter. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> you're like, okay, well, how's that gonna go? Uh, you know, they'll do that. They'll hire, you know, an author, a black female author to write a black female character. But then... And that had a huge backlash among the usual suspects i want i don't want to say huge backlash because it was really only the specific Mm -hmm. group of awful people but like what are they gonna do now say oh well these people didn't like us hiring you so we're gonna get rid of you now like (laughs) okay like welcome to the internet how can any of your writers especially your marginalized writers think that you have their backs i don't know and uh, I'm sorry. I, mm-hmm. apart from Afra, which I'm worried about that one now. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot of faith it's going to be continued much longer with this editor there. Yeah. As long as this editor is overseeing the Star Wars line, I'm out. Yeah. The only thing I can hope for is that they keep with creators like Charles Sewell and Kieran Gillen who have known track records, but even then, like, how much longer can they start writing about, you know, I don't even, I don't even want to call it quote unquote liberal topics because that's not, it, it it's just writing, but that's what this guy would probably call it. So who knows? I just, they don't, you know, it, it, he's obviously not someone who has any sort of, places any sort of importance on inclusivity and diversity and it's not what this, that's what what star this wars guy is, is about a, anymore this guy is a massive step back from jordan white it's a massive step back for star wars in general now i, I mean as much as we you know talk about you know diversity and everything like you know, we 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 say okay, you have to put your money where your mouth is and hire like female directors and writers. But the people in charge are at least talking about it. Yeah, just but and this guy is like just on the other side of the spectrum. I, literally, I don't pretend to believe that anyone at Lucasfilm is listening. No, but look at the work you've done since 2015. Mm-hmm. Look at the people you have working on your story group. Look at the person at the head of Lucasfilm. Look at where you've come from. There's still room to grow, but look at where you've come from. Yeah. This isn't about a difference in political opinions. This is about the flag bearer for your brand at Marvel bending over backwards for white supremacists. This isn't okay. 
if you have any weight that you can throw around, if you have any input as to who is editing these books over at Marvel, please, I beg of you, please say something. Yep. I, it, 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 it kills me that I have to think about dropping these great comics like Afra and Ms. Marvel because of, of editors like this. This is, this is the man that's leading up your property at this big, big touch point. It's not okay. Marge marginalized communities are watching this. They see who they see who is in charge over there now. And we see this and we're not comfortable with it. It hurts us. You have to do something. Mm. He has got to come off of this line. He cannot remain on. So please. I can't I can't buy I can't buy these comics as long as he's editing them. And if people want to say anything of the following, well, Chuck Wendig uh, bashed Star Wars fans. No, he didn't. Chuck Wendig said, if you don't like The Last Jedi, you're a homophobe and a racist or a homophobe, blah, blah, blah. And no, you're not. That's not what he said. All of the things that people are taught will say on Twitter to bash him are not real <laughs> read what he's actually said um and he has said you know he is he is attacking people who attack him and because just being nice and ignoring the trolls does not work being nice and ignoring the trolls is what has gotten us to this point. To the point where we bow down to the trolls we had when they a, don't like your decision. We had a chance to quash this about yep. a decade ago with Gamergate. Yep. Where women and minorities sent up a warning flare saying, you have to push back yep. against this behavior. Chuck Wendig isn't perfect, but he was the rare white male straight ally who was willing to get his hands dirty get into the trenches and push back against the rising tide of hate. Mm -hmm. And because of that, this editor at Marvel with the blessing of his superiors at Marvel fired him. This is not okay. We see that as a minority community, as an LGBT community, women see that we see the message that this editor is sending that these white supremacist hate mobs are more important than us. I refuse to believe that this is what Star Wars wants, that this is what Lucasfilm wants. But you can still do the right thing. Insist that this editor is removed from Star Wars projects. You may not be able to get rid of him at Marvel entirely, but you can at least tell Marvel to replace him on your property. 
that is absolutely the right thing to do. And I, I, I hope, I, I really hope that Lucasfilm has the courage to do that. And that's all I got. Yep. We had another discussion topic, the one we pushed off from last time. We well, obviously went long this time. We can we can talk about that next time because that goes that's into the whole idea of how do you support problematic things? Absolutely. <laughs> so sorry Scott, we'll push this one again but hopefully you <laughs> don't mind. Yes. All right listeners, I'm sorry I got so angry and swore so much. <laughs> but I'm not really. No you're not. Because it's okay to get vulgar. And it's okay to push back against hatred and intolerance with well-placed, sharp language. Mm -hmm. That's why we have vulgarities. That's why it's okay to fuck civility. Yep. So, there we go. Marvel, we are exceedingly disappointed in you. Yes. And just for the record, I'm going to reiterate that until this editor is pulled off of the Star Wars line, we will not be covering Star Wars Marvel comics on our blogs or podcasts. Nope. All right. Let's get out of here. Okay. <sighs> okay. Breathe. Breathe. <sighs> okay. Is your watch yelling at you? My watch is yelling at me. I got a, a Series 4 Apple Watch. and uh, You're welcome. Yeah, whenever my uh, heart rate spikes it, and I'm not working out, it tells me to, it throws up a Breathe app. It's done that a few times. <sighs> okay. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. That's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Get in at the $1 level like our newest subscriber, Dan, who joined us today. Yay. Hey, Dan, thanks for uh, thanks for helping us out here. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at the handles Tashi Station. Uh, you can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. -E. Uh, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And I forgot to announce this earlier. We're on Spotify now. Hooray! We're on Spotify, so if that's your podcasting platform, you can find all of our stuff there. Fantastic. Uh, you can find our columns and news at TashiStation.net. Thanks for another episode. We'll be back next week, back at PG-13, and back with our blood pressure lowered. <laughs> so long, everyone. Catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>